Jesus is going to come. He's going to knock at your heart's door. He's going to say, I want you to allow me to use your life. But my friends, he's not going to do that without your permission. Preaching the old time gospel. With a fresh anointing to to a new generation. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall. If Jesus were to cross your path this week, would you be ready? I mean, it could happen on one of those days where you're completely worn out, just want to crash, and then Jesus shows up with something else for you to do. Well, today, Brian Tyndall will share with us the story of Peter washing his fishing nets after a long night of fishing. And then Jesus hops into his boat and tells him to push off. Let's find out Peter's reaction by turning to Luke chapter 5 for a message entitled, Is Jesus in Your Boat? Here's Brian. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to be reading the first 11 verses. So if you'd like to, you can follow along with me in your Bible. Luke chapter 5 verse 1 says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. And so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed Jesus. And the title of my sermon is, Is Jesus in Your Boat? Is Jesus in Your Boat? In this passage of Scripture, Uh, Jesus was walking by, it says in the King James Version, he was walking by the Sea of Gennesaret. This is the Sea of Galilee, also known by the name of Tiberias. Uh, As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, uh, many people began to come as they realized that he was in the area because by this time, uh, people had heard of Jesus' teaching, uh, they had heard of his preaching, they had heard that he uh, was a miracle worker, and so as Jesus would pass by villages and towns, uh, he could draw a, a large crowd of people at times, and, and as he was passing by the Sea of Galilee on this day, uh, the scripture says that a large a group of people began to gather, and as Jesus was walking and as this large crowd was gathering, He happened to look down by the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he saw Simon, that is Peter, one that would become one of the disciples. He saw him there. Simon was a professional fisherman, and he and James and John, those two brothers, were there, and they had been out fishing all night. 
Uh, it was customary to go out and fish during the nighttime, and they had been fishing all night, and it was morning, and they had come back to shore. They were tired. They were hungry. They were ready to go home, and they're there washing their nets and getting things uh, fixed so they can uh, be finished for the night, and then they would go home and, and sleep and eat and, and get ready for another night's fishing. And uh, it was in that type of scenario that Jesus came passing by. Now, I'm sure that morning, as Simon had been fishing all night, had been working all night, the last thing that he expected was to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. He had been working. He was tired. He was probably frustrated because they had not had any success because the scripture says even though they had fished all night, they had caught nothing. And so you can imagine what kind of mood Peter would have been in. Uh, he was just ready to call it a night and, and get everything straightened out and go home and eat a good meal and go to bed. And the last thing I'm sure that Simon expected was for Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, to come passing by. And yet that's exactly what happened. And what I want to share with you today is this. Today might not be a good day for you. Today might be a busy day for you. Today might be a day of problems and stress and, and you have things on your mind that need to be done. And, and maybe the last thing that you're expecting in the world today is for Jesus Christ to come passing by. It's for Jesus Christ to come and want to get into your boat, into your life. But my friends, that's what happens so many times. Many times Jesus does not come by when we're waiting for him. He doesn't come when we're uh, at church worshiping him. He doesn't come when uh, we are ready for him to come, when we're expecting him to come. Many times Jesus Christ passes by in the busy times, in the times that we're not expecting him, in the times that we're not wanting him, in the times that we're not looking for him, in the times that we have other things going on in our life that are taking our time and our attention and our priorities. And yet Jesus Christ comes passing by. In fact, the Bible says that wherever two or three are gathering in his name, Jesus is always there. And so I believe that he's continually passing by. I believe that it's very possible that even today, as you're riding along in your car, as you're sitting in your living room at home, wherever you are, as you're listening to this sermon, even though you did not begin this day expecting to have an encounter with Jesus Christ, expecting for Christ to speak to you and arrest your attention and do something miraculous in your life, I want you to know that Simon Peter wasn't expecting that either. And yet when he least expected it, when he was least prepared to receive it, that's exactly when Jesus Christ came. And what I want you to hear is this. We do not come to Christ on our schedule. We come on his schedule. We don't come to Christ when we get ready. We come when he gets ready. The scripture actually says that no one can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws him. And so that tells me that God's Spirit has to be there. God's Spirit has to be speaking. God's Spirit has to be drawing for us to come to Christ and for us to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And maybe you didn't get up this morning thinking that Jesus Christ was going to pass by today. Maybe you didn't get up this morning thinking that the Holy Spirit was going to draw you today. Maybe you didn't get up this morning thinking that Jesus was going to come and ask to get in your life and to be 
Lord and Savior of your life today, but maybe this is the very day that he's coming. Maybe this is the very day that he's going to pass by. Maybe this is the very day that he's going to speak to you. And if you're obedient to him, and if you confess your sin and repent of your sin and put your faith in him and in him alone, maybe this is the day that he's going to change your life forever. He's going to give you an abundant life the rest of your days on earth, and he's going to give you an eternal life in heaven when you die. Jesus Christ could very well be passing by today, just like he passed by Simon Peter on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. But the first thing I want us to ask ourselves is, is Jesus in our boat? Is Jesus in our boat? Notice in verse 2 it says, And Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And in verse 3 it says, And then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. Jesus was passing by, and he sees Simon, and he sees Simon's boat, and he goes over, and Simon's not in the boat. Simon's over washing his nets. He's over doing something else. He's not even seeing Jesus. He's not even paying attention to Jesus. He's not expecting Jesus, but Jesus sees Simon, and Jesus sees Simon's boat, and he goes over, and he gets into the boat, and he says to Simon, will you take me and push me out a little bit from land so I can use this boat. You know, that's exactly what Jesus Christ does to us. He wants to be in our lives. This boat in this story is symbolic of our lives. Just like Jesus wanted to get into Simon's boat, he wants to get into our life because really, and we're going to see this in this passage of scripture, Jesus got into Simon's boat, but the boat was simply symbolic of Peter's life. Jesus Christ didn't just want to be in his boat. He wanted to be in his life. He wanted to be in his business. He wanted to change Peter. He wanted to change Simon Peter from who he was to who, who God intended him to be. And today, Jesus Christ wants to get in our boat. He wants to get in our life. He's passing by, and he wants to get into our boat. He wants to get into our life. But I want you to see that when Jesus got in, he asked Simon if he could use the boat. He asked Simon if he would push him out a little bit from shore. Jesus Christ is a gentleman. He wants to be in our lives. He is the God of this universe. He is the creator of the world. He is the only savior that there is. He has all power and authority, but he is not going to force himself into your life. He's not going to pressure you beyond your control to surrender to him. Just like he asked permission from Peter, Jesus is going to come. He's going to knock at your heart's door. He's going to say, I love you. I want to be in your life. I want to be in control of your life. I want you to surrender your life to me. I want you to allow me to use your life and to live in you and through you that I might bring glory and honor to myself. But my friends, he's not going to do that without your permission. He's not going to come and hit us over the head with a board. He's going to come and he's going to give us an opportunity. He's going to give us an opportunity to receive him, an opportunity to respond to him, an opportunity to have him in our life, an opportunity to have him as Savior and Lord. But he's 
going to leave it up to us as to whether we will surrender, whether we will, with the free will that he's given us, if we will put our faith in him and if we'll confess and repent of our sins and if we will invite him into our life to be Savior and Lord. He wants to be our Savior and Lord, but he's waiting for that invitation. He's waiting for us to respond to him as he's passing by. And I'm going to tell you, it makes all the difference in the world if Jesus is in your boat or if he's not in your boat. We know the whole story that's written here. Uh, Before Jesus got in the boat, uh, Simon and James and John, they were professional fishermen, and they had fished all night and had caught nothing. Do you know what it's like to try as hard as you know how to try It doesn't matter whether that's in school or whether that's at your job or whether it's in your marriage or in the raising of your children or in trying to pay your bills or trying to get ahead in life or try to do something uh, maybe that that interests you of significance. Do you know what it's like to try and, and put all of your effort and all of your energy and all of your time and everything you have into something and it just it just still doesn't work? It just still does not work. And you think to yourself, I've done everything that I know to do. I've given everything that I know to give. I don't know why my life is not working. I don't know why my marriage is still failing. I don't know why my children are still going in the wrong direction. I don't know why my life is still falling apart. Have you ever felt like that? I have. I can remember many times in my life before I met Jesus Christ and accepted him as my Savior and Lord, I can remember that I would work as hard as I knew how to work in the flesh, and I would do everything that I knew how to do to try to succeed in this thing or that thing. And yet it seemed like no matter how hard I worked, no matter what I did, it was never quite enough. And yet Something profound happens in this passage of Scripture. Something life-changing happens in this passage of Scripture. In the beginning of the story, Simon and James and John have toiled all night. They're professional fishermen. They know how to fish. They know how to catch fish. And they've gone out on the Sea of Galilee, and they've fished all night, and they've not caught one fish. And so they're up there and they're washing their nets and they're tired and they're frustrated because they've given it everything that they have and they've not caught anything. They're not going to be able to pay the bills today. They're not going to be able to feed their family today. And so they're going to go home frustrated and they're going to go home tired and they're going to go home unsuccessful in what they're trying to do. Or so it seems. And then something happens. Jesus Christ passes by. And not only does Jesus Christ pass by, but he gets into Simon Peter's boat and he says, Simon, will you allow me to use this boat? Will you allow me to have control of this boat? And Simon reluctantly allows Jesus into the boat and he reluctantly allows Jesus control and he reluctantly does what Jesus wants him to do and everything changes. 
By the end of this story, Jesus has them back out on the water fishing again. And where they have caught nothing, now the nets are full to the point that they're having to call their friends from the shore to come with other boats. And it says that when those boats got out there, that literally they had caught so many fish that all of their nets were beginning to break and they they thought that their ships were going to sink because of the great weight of fish that they had caught. What was the difference? What was the difference between a night toiling on the Sea of Galilee and not catching one fish and in a moment having more fish than several boats could contain to the point that all the nets are about to break? What was the difference between nothing and a tremendous catch? The only difference that there was was Jesus Christ. They had toiled all night, but Jesus Christ was not in the boat. They had worked as hard as they knew how to work physically. They had done everything that they knew to do as uh, professional fishermen. But Jesus Christ was not in the boat. And any time we try to live our lives without Jesus Christ, any time we try to try to succeed in our marriages without Jesus Christ, raise our children without Jesus Christ, go to school and get an education without Jesus Christ, do our secular job without Jesus Christ, we are working a work of futility. We may have some little momentary successes here and there, but overall, we're going to be frustrated. Overall, our life is going to be a disaster. Overall, things are not going to work. And we're going to spend our time wondering, what am I doing wrong? What is lacking in my life? Why can't this work? Why can't I I work hard enough or do good enough to make myself succeed in all these different areas in my life? And what we don't realize is, is the one thing that we're missing is Jesus Christ. We need him in our life. And we not only need him in our life, we need him in control in our lives. And what we're going to discover is if if when Jesus Christ passes by, if we will invite him into our life, if we will invite him into our boat, if we will invite him to have control and say, here, here is my life, here is my family, here is my talents, here is my here are my spiritual gifts, here is my money, here is everything that I have to offer, but I want you to be in the center of everything that's in my life. I want you to be in control. I'm turning all that I have over to you, and I want you to be in control of what I have. Let me tell you something. Our lives are going to change as dramatically as Simon Peter's life changed. When Jesus Christ gets in our boat, when Jesus Christ gets in our life, and we allow him to have the control, things are going to change for the better. Not just eternal things. But temporal things are going to change for the better. But here's the thing. The second question I would ask is, not only is Jesus in your boat, but if he is in your boat, is he the captain of your boat? If he is in your boat, is he the captain of your boat? You see, what I've discovered is a lot of people, they want Jesus in their boat. They want Jesus in their life. But they don't want him to be the captain. They don't want him to be the one at the helm. They don't want him to be the one that's in control. I've discovered that we want Jesus in our boat, but we want him in the boat like we see him in another passage of Scripture where the disciples were going across the, the, the same Sea of Galilee 
and the disciples were rowing the boat, and the disciples were, were in control of the oars, and uh, uh, they were at the helm, and Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat. And they were very happy for Jesus to be asleep at the back of the boat because they wanted to be in control. They liked being in control, but it made them feel safe and secure knowing that if they needed him, that Jesus was in the boat and he was back there sleeping. And in that story, a storm came up and they began to do everything that they knew to do to save themselves and to get through that storm and to make it to the other side. And when they had done everything that they know to do in their own strength, and they still looked like they were going to die, they were going to perish because of the storm, they went back after they had done everything they knew to do in their own strength. They went back and they woke Jesus up and they said, are you going to let us perish? Are you going to let us die? Or are you going to do something to help us? And in that instance, Jesus criticized them for not having faith and he rebuked the wind and the waves and the sea became like glass and he saved them from that storm and what I've discovered is that's how we want Jesus in our boat that's how we want Jesus in our life many of us we want him in the boat we want him in our life but we want him asleep at the back we don't want him to have control we don't want him to be the captain But I want you to notice that when Jesus got in the boat, he immediately began to direct things. It says in verse 3, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And in verse 4, it says, and when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. You see, Jesus didn't just get in the boat. He took control. He became the captain. He, he took charge of Simon's boat. And what I want you to understand today is Jesus doesn't just want to be in your boat. He doesn't just want to be in your life. He wants to be in control of your life. He wants to be the captain of your boat. He doesn't just want to be savior. He wants to be Lord. He wants to be in control of your life. And so the second question I would ask us today is not just is Jesus in our boat, not just is Jesus in our life, but is Jesus the captain of our boat? Is Jesus the captain of our life? Is he in control of our lives? Because most of us, the answer to that question would be no. We would say, you know, I've, I've asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins, and I've asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior, but now uh, I'm in control. I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm going where I want to go, and I'm following my desires and my plans, and, and Jesus is in my life, but it's more like he's asleep in the back of the boat. And the only time I go to him and the only time I allow him to have control is when things are getting out of control. As long as everything's going okay, then I don't want him to have the control. As long as I'm able to handle things myself, then I don't want Jesus to have control. I just want him there in case of emergencies. I just want him there in case of tragedy. I just want him there so he can save me if I make a mess of things. But my friends, Jesus doesn't want to be in the boat just so he can sleep at the back. He doesn't want to be in the boat just so you can call him with a 911 emergency prayer every once in a while. He wants to be in your boat. He wants to be in your life because he wants to be in control. He wants to be the captain. He wants to be not only Savior, but Lord of your life. And so I ask you today, is Jesus in your boat? Is he in your life? And is he 
the captain of your boat? Is he not only Savior, but Lord of your life? And then we see that Jesus wanted to launch Simon into the deep. Uh, he not only wanted to be in Simon's boat, and he not only wanted to be the captain of Simon's boat, but he wanted to launch Simon into the deep. Notice what it says in verse 4. And when Jesus had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, I'm sure Simon was thinking to himself, you have to remember, he's worked all night. He's tired. He's hungry. He's ready to go home. And I'm sure when Jesus come walking by and Simon was washing his nets and, and he saw Jesus get into the boat and he asked Simon, you know, can, can I use your boat? Will you allow me to push out a little bit from the shore? I'm sure Simon was thinking, you know, I'm tired. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm ready to go home. You know, this is really not a convenient time for me, but he, he does it. He is obedient and he, he says, yes, you can use my boat. But I'm sure he was thinking, you know, uh, we're going to go out. Jesus is going to speak to this crowd of people. He's going to preach his sermon and that's going to be it. It's going to be over. We're going to get to come back to shore. I'm going to be able to go on home. I'm going to be able to, to, to go to sleep. But that's not what happened. When Jesus finished using the boat for the length of time that Simon uh, thought that he was going to use it, when Jesus finished speaking and preaching, he immediately turns to Simon Peter and says, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to take this boat out into deep water. And you know, that's something that people generally don't like. They don't like for Jesus to launch them into deep water. They don't like Jesus to take them out into deep spiritual things. I have discovered that even people that have Jesus in their boat, even people that have Jesus in their life, and even people that have Jesus as the captain of their boat, that have Jesus as Savior and Lord of their lives, there's many times that they do not want Jesus to take them out into the deep. But that's exactly where he wants to go. I have discovered in my life not only from the Word of God and the things that are recorded here in the Word of God, but in my own life, I have discovered that every time Jesus has control, the very first thing he does is he steers, he turns that boat toward the deep. He's continually wanting to take us into deeper things. He wants to take us deeper into his word. He wants to take us deeper into his will for our life. He wants to take us deeper into worship. He wants to take us deeper into giving and serving him. He wants to take us deeper in worshiping him. He's continually, anytime Jesus has control, he's always steering the boat toward deep spiritual things. I want to ask you today, is Jesus Christ in your boat? Is he in your life? If he is, have you allowed him to be the captain of your boat, the captain of your life, not only Savior, but Lord of your life? And if you have, are you allowing Jesus on a daily basis as he is in your life and as he is Lord of your life, are you allowing him daily to take you where he wants you to go, to take you deeper into spiritual things? Can you honestly say today, you know, I am allowing Jesus Christ to take me where he wants to take me, to take my life, to take my family, to take my business, to take my finances, to take my talents, my spiritual gifts. Can you honestly say today, 
today, not only is Jesus Christ in my life, and not only is he captain of my boat, Savior and Lord of my life, but he is being allowed to take me into the deep things that he has for me in every area of my life. Many people simply could not say that if they were being honest. I remember when I was a young child, my dad tried to teach me how to swim, and uh, I was very scared of the water. And uh, so he tried on several occasions to teach me how to swim, and, and I got to where I could swim just, just a little bit. Maybe, maybe if you would have thrown me in the middle of the pool, I could have gotten to the side without drowning. But I, but I never learned to swim, really learned to swim. I certainly never learned to swim to the point that I could enjoy the water and that I could enjoy going uh, out into the deep end of the water and get away from the wall and, and slide down the slides and, and uh, jump off the diving board. I, I never got where I was comfortable doing that. And so as a result, because I never learned to swim, when I got to be an older child and a teenager, uh, many of my friends, they would have uh, pool parties or we live fairly near the Atlantic Ocean. We would go down to the ocean and some of them had uh, their parents had boats and they would ski on the water. And, and, and it seemed like in my growing up days, a, a lot of my uh, time was spent around the water. And many times as I think back about my childhood and my teenage years growing up uh, near the water, I can remember that I had to spend all my time in the shallow end. I had to spend all my time uh, holding on to the wall, and and everybody else was out in the deep end, it seemed like. Everybody else was out in the ocean. Everybody else was out uh, playing the games and having fun and, and uh, encouraging me to come and to be a part of what was going on. But because I was scared of the deep, I always wanted to stay in the shallows. And you know, that's where a lot of people are spiritually. Even people that are saved, many of them, they have spent their lives, maybe they're saved, but they've spent their lives in the shallow end of what God has for them. They've spent their lives in the shallow end of spiritual things, in the shallow end of worship and service to God, in the shallow end of allowing him to use their life in the ways that God wants to use their life. I mean, he's wanting to take all of us into the deep. He's wanting to launch all of our boats, all of our lives into deep spiritual things. But most of us are too scared to allow him to take us into the deep. And so we hold back. And when he begins to, to, to push us in such a way and steer our lives in such a way that we would be taken into deeper spiritual things, we resist. And what we don't realize is, is we're missing out. We're missing out on God's blessing. We're missing out on an abundant Christian life. We're missing out on all that God has for us and all that he's created us to be and to do. And, and we think Satan convinces us, oh, if, if you follow Christ, uh, you're not going to have fun. If you follow Christ, if you let him have control of your life, uh, you know, you're going to be bored. Let me tell you something. The most exciting life is a life that has Jesus Christ in that life 
And Jesus Christ is in control of that life. He's the captain of that life. He's Savior and Lord of that life. And the most exciting life is the Christian life when Jesus is not only there and he's not only Savior and he's not only Lord, but he's in control to the point that he's able to lead that person out into the deep things. I'm here to tell you the greatest, most exciting life a person can have is that life with Jesus Christ. And he's leading us into deep spiritual things all the time. And we're getting deeper and deeper into all that God has for us. If our life is not exciting, if our, if our life is not all that we would want it to be or all that it should be, I can promise you that's not God's fault. I can promise you that's not because being a Christian is boring. If our lives are not all that they should be, and our lives are not abundant like they should be, and our lives are not blessed like they should be, and our lives are not producing spiritual fruit like they should be, and we're not growing like we should be, it's not God's fault. It's because either Jesus Christ is not in our lives, or if he's in our lives, he's not been allowed to be captain, he's not been allowed to be Lord of our lives, or we're resisting when he's trying to launch us out into the deep spiritual things that he has for us. Here's the thing. Jesus wants to help all of us to live a fruitful Christian life. Jesus wants to help all of us to experience the abundant Christian life. But the only way that he can do that is if he's in our lives. And the only way that he can do that is if he's in control of our lives. And the only way he can do that is if we're allowing him to take us in to the deep things that he has for us. I like uh, in the scripture uh, when Jesus uh, asked Simon about going out into the deep. In verse 5, it says, Simon answered and said to him, Jesus, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Uh, the first thing that Simon started to do when Jesus wanted to take him into the deep, he started making excuses. Well, we've already fished all night. Well, we've already tried that and it didn't work. Uh, well, we, we, we're professional fishermen and we've done everything that we know to do. And so that's, that's probably not a good idea. It's probably not going to, going to be successful if we go back and try to fish. Simon Peter began to immediately, when Jesus wanted to take him into the deep, when he wanted to lead his boat and his life into the deep, Simon Peter immediately began to make excuses why he shouldn't do that, why they shouldn't go into the deep. And many times that's what we do as well. Uh, we're scared or, we don't think it'll work or we don't think that we will be successful and, you know, we think we've got a better plan or a better idea about how our life should be than God has. And so we can come up with a thousand excuses why we should not allow Jesus Christ to lead us into the deep spiritual things that he has for us. But I'm thankful that even though Simon Peter, even though he made excuses, I'm thankful that in the end he was obedient. And my prayer today is that even though as we're reading this scripture and as we are preaching this message and listening to this message and as God is speaking to us through his word and through his Holy Spirit, I know he's speaking to us about being in our lives and being the captain of our lives and launching us out into the deep spiritual things. But I also know that Satan is there. He's always there, and he's giving us a thousand excuses why we should not allow Jesus into our lives. He's giving us a thousand reasons why we should wait. 
He's given us a thousand reasons why Jesus should not be given control. He's given us a thousand reasons why um, Jesus should not be allowed to launch us out into deeper spiritual things, but why, why we should stay in the safety of what's familiar to us and why we should maintain part of the control. But my prayer is that just like Simon Peter finally ended with the excuses and became obedient, my prayer is that we will do the same thing today. Don't allow Satan, don't allow your own mind, don't allow your own insecurities, your own fear to keep you from all that God has for you. Don't allow those things to keep you in the shallow when you can be out in the deep of all that God has for you. And notice that Simon Peter finally became obedient after making some excuses. He said, Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I like that. What Simon Peter basically said was this, uh, Lord, I've got several excuses. I've got several reasons why I don't think it will work, why I don't think it would be best if we would do what you want to do. Nevertheless, at your word, nevertheless, because you asked, nevertheless, because I want to be obedient to you, I will surrender my will to your will. I will do what you've asked me to do. I will allow you to steer my boat and my life into the deep things, even though there's many things within me that resist that out of obedience. Nevertheless, at your word, I will launch out into the deep. Uh, any of us that have had children will understand this. Uh, when my son was real little, especially when he was three, four, five years old, um, he went through that phase, especially uh, where they ask questions. Everything, uh, they just have a million questions. And and uh, and a lot of times that you tell them things and they just say, why, why, why? Every, everything you say to them, the immediate response back is why. And I'll never forget, we went through a stage when he was little, uh, especially at night when it would get time to go to bed. And, and I would say, Caleb, you need to cut the TV off. Why? You need to go uh, brush your teeth. Why? Uh, you need to go take a bath. Why? You need to go uh, put on your pajamas. Why? You need to go get into bed. Why? And and I would answer those questions, but uh, I, I also sometimes would get frustrated with all the questions like uh, we do sometimes as parents. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but after a while, I would stop answering his questions. And finally, he would ask me why. And I would have had all that I could take. And I would look at him and I would say, because I said so. Because I said so. Because I'm your father. And it's what I said. Because I'm the one that's in control. And you need to listen to me. Because I'm the father and you're the son. Because I'm the strong one and you're the weak. Because I'm the one that knows what's best and you don't. And I didn't say all that. But I would say, because I said so. And I believe that's what Jesus said to Simon Peter. Simon was coming up with all these excuses why he didn't think it would be best to launch out into the deep. And he had a lot of good excuses. We've already done that. We're professional fishermen. We've already tried. It's not going to work. The fish aren't biting tonight. <laughs> but my friends... At the end of those excuses, Simon Peter said, Nevertheless, at your word, we will launch out into the deep. At your word, we will let down the net. And my friends, 
Will you do that today? Will you just quit making excuses? Will you just stop giving God excuses as to why you will not let him in your life today, as to why you will not let him be the captain and Lord of your life today, as to why you will not allow him to launch you out into deeper spiritual things. Will you just stop making excuses like Simon Peter and say, nevertheless, because you have spoken, because you are my heavenly father, because you are my creator, because you are God and I am not, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. I'm going to put you in my life. And I'm going to allow you to be captain of my life. And I'm going to allow you to launch me into the deep things that you have for me in my life. I'm going to stop resisting. And I'm going to allow you to have total control of every aspect of my life. And what happens? What happens when we get Jesus in our boat and he's the captain and and he's allowed to launch us out into the deep spiritual things that he has for us. What happens? I can tell you what happens. The same thing that happened in this story. Jesus took Peter, took Simon Peter, from being totally unproductive, from having a miserable, broken, unsuccessful life, to having a very fruitful, blessed life. And that's going to, that's what's going to happen if we get Jesus in our lives. Notice in verse six, it says, and when they had done this, when they let down the nets, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they began to signal to their partners on the other boat to come and help them. And those people came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. That's what's going to happen. When they allowed Jesus into the boat, and when they allowed Jesus to be the captain, and when they allowed Jesus to launch them out into the deep, all of a sudden, they began to experience the abundant Christian life. They began to experience the real difference that Jesus makes when he's in your life and when he has the control that he wants to have. And my friends, there's many people today, they do not have Jesus Christ in their life. And many of those that do have him in their life, he's not in control. And many of those that even give him control once in a while, they cannot say honestly that they are allowing Jesus Christ to launch them consistently, daily, into all the deep spiritual things that he wants to take them into. But my friends, I can promise you today, that if we will allow Jesus in and if we will give him control and if we will stop making excuses and surrender to his will and his plan for our lives, I can promise you that we will experience the favor of God in our lives. We will experience what it's like to go from frustration to fruitfulness. We will experience what it's like to toll and to do all that we can in our own strength and things are failing and not working to just having the favor and the blessing of God where when we do something, it happens. God blesses it. It's productive. It's fruitful. It works. And that's what happened in Simon Peter's life. And that's what can happen in our life as well. Now, how will we know if we truly have invited Jesus Christ into our boat? 
how will we really know if we have invited Jesus Christ into our life through faith and repentance? How will we really know if we have allowed Jesus Christ to be the captain of our lives, to be in control, to be not only Savior, but Lord of our lives? How will we know for sure that we are allowing Jesus to take us into the deep spiritual things that he has for us? How will we know that we're experiencing the abundant Christian life? How will we know? Well, I believe the way that we will know is the way that we can be sure that Simon, James, and John had that experience. Notice verse 11, the very last verse. It says, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed Jesus. They forsook all and followed Jesus. You know, that's how we're going to know. That's how you can know if you truly have Jesus in your life. That's how you can know if Jesus Christ is truly Lord of your life. That's how you can be sure if you're allowing Jesus Christ to lead you into the deep spiritual things that he has for you, and you can be sure that you are experiencing an abundant Christian life. How can I be sure? Are you forsaking everything to follow him? Have you forsaken everything? Everything in this life, you've forsaken money, you've forsaken power, you've forsaken dreams, you've forsaken your own will, you've forsaken monetary things, material things, you've forsaken relationships. You have come to the point in your life that you have forsaken everything in order that you might become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you know. That's how I know. When I was 17 years old, I did not have Jesus Christ in my life. He was not in my boat. But one day he came passing by. One day he came passing by and his Holy Spirit touched my heart. And I knew that the Lord wanted to be in my life. I knew that he wanted to be in my boat. And the Lord gave me the strength that I need to put my faith in him and in him alone. He gave me the strength that I need to confess my sin and to repent of my sin with his help. And that day, Jesus Christ came into my life. He came into my boat. And my life has never been the same again. And my friends, I didn't just bring him into my boat as Savior. I allowed him to come into my life and be not only Savior, but Lord of my life, Captain of my life. And my friends, that's not always been easy. There's times I want to take back control. There's times I don't want to be obedient to it. There's times I don't want to go in the direction that he wants to go. But thank the Lord, most of the time, he enables me to come to the point, even after my excuses, he allows me to come to the point that says, Lord, I've made all these excuses, but nevertheless, at your will, because you're God, because you're my Savior, because I know that you know best, I'll surrender my will to your will. And I'll let you take me out into the deep. And my friends, he's taken me. He's taken me deeper than I wanted to go. He's taken me further than I would have ever gone on my own. But I can tell you something. He's blessed my life. 
He's blessed my family. He's blessed my marriage. He's blessed my child. He's blessed my ministry. He's blessed our finances. He's blessed our health. Every area of our life, I can see that because I have had Jesus Christ in my life and because I have allowed him to be in control and because I have allowed him to launch me out into all that he has for me, I can see that I'm experiencing the abundant Christian life. My friend, you can experience that today too. You can experience that today too. All you have to do is humble yourself and cry out to Jesus Christ and tell him that you believe that what he did on the cross was for you, that you believe that he died and he shed his blood for you and that you want to accept him by faith into your life. And that you don't want him to just be savior of your life, but you want to make him Lord of your life. You want him to come in and take control of your life and begin to lead you in every area of your life into the deep things that he has for you. That you want to experience the abundant Christian life. And my friends, the way that we'll know if that really happens or not is we evaluate your life. As I evaluate my own life, we'll be able to see if we've truly forsaken everything in this world and everything in this life, and if we've truly become followers of Jesus Christ. We won't know that just because our name is on a church roll or just because we got wet in a baptistry or just because we had some kind of momentary emotional experience. But when we look at our lives, we'll be able to know if we've had this life-changing experience. Because if it's real, we're going to be able to see that there was a time There was a time when we forsook everything that there is and we put our faith and our trust in Christ and in Christ alone and we began to follow him and we continued to follow him all the days of our life. And my friend, that's my prayer for us today is that Jesus Christ would be in our boat, that he would be the captain, that he would launch us out into the deep, that we would experience an abundant Christian life and that we would forsake everything that this world has to offer and become faithful followers of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Is Jesus the captain of your boat? You've been listening to the teaching of evangelist Brian Tyndall on Save to the Uttermost. Our message today was entitled, Is Jesus in Your Boat? You know, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, surrendering your life and allowing Him to have control is the most important thing you can ever do. If you'd like to learn more about a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you'll want to get a free copy of a book Brian wrote entitled Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift. There are five aspects of salvation that Brian explains in the book, why all people need to be saved, how God has made our salvation possible, why anyone can be saved, what salvation really is, and how we receive God's gift of salvation. And we'd like to send you a copy absolutely free as our gift to you. If you'd like a copy of Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift, then simply visit our website to request a copy, uttermostevangelism.org. Just click on the banner at the bottom of the page. The website again? uttermostevangelism.org. If today's sermon was helpful to you and you'd like to hear it again, or if you think it would help a friend, order a copy of it on CD. You can do so by visiting our website, uttermostevangelism.org, and simply request a copy. Or you can write us at Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 
38863. That's P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, P-O-N-T-O-T-O-C, 38863. Or you can call us at 662-372-1912. That's 662-372-1912. Brian Tyndall preaches revivals and evangelistic crusades in the United States and all around the world. Many times he'll be invited to smaller population areas that haven't heard the gospel, and the Lord brings about a great harvest. If you've benefited from Brian's teaching and would like to see the gospel expanded to the uttermost parts of the world, prayerfully consider supporting uttermost evangelism through your prayers and financial gifts. You can give online when you visit uttermostevangelism.org. You can send a check to Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Or you can call us at 662-372-1912. Your giving sustains us and advances kingdom growth. Our address again, Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863 or give online at uttermostevangelism.org. Well, thanks for listening today. Join us again next time. And remember, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through Him. God bless. Save to the Uttermost is provided by Uttermost Evangelism, Pontotoc, Mississippi.